Deuteronomy 5.12. Moses says, Observe the Sabbath to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, your son, um, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your ox, your donkey, your livestock, the sojourner who's with you, uh, your male servant, your female servant, uh, may rest as well with you. Verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely uh, had phases where I thought, I think keeping the Sabbath day holy is the only one I do right, right? Um, where every, every other like, mistake I make, at least on Sunday, I don't do a thing. I, I go to church and I watch TV, Sabbath complete. Well, not, not quite. Uh, this idea of Sabbath, uh, this, might, this might rock you a little bit or, or change your mind. But the Sabbath is a day of rest, but it's not a day of uh, chilling. Um, God rested on the seventh day, but he still blessed the day and he made it holy. And here we see God, he, he had this day. Israel was supposed to have this day where they aren't supposed to work. Their friends aren't supposed to work. Their, their servants aren't supposed to work. Their cows aren't allowed to work. And it's all to set it aside for something particular. It's to make it holy, separate it, make it special. And it's really just for one thing.
weekend meant to not work on Sundays, um, sorry, Saturdays, the Sabbath, um, and even in uh, Mark 2, 27, um, <laughs> Jesus said, uh, the, well, let me just not mess this up. The, uh, he says right here, Jesus said to him, the Sabbath was made for man, uh, not man for the Sabbath. It's clear that, that the Sabbath day is not uh, something to just be followed. But we Americans have this thing where we always, we always listen to the don'ts. We always hear, don't work on the Sabbath day, but we never remember the remember who God is on Sabbath day. And same thing here. Um, we always use this text as a, um, I don't have to obey the Sabbath anymore because it's for me, not me for it. But listen, the Sabbath is for you. Remembering who God is, remembering what he's done for you, is best for you. That's what God has done. He's done all of this for you. And so the Sabbath day is supposed to be a day of remembrance. Let, let, let's look on a bigger scale. Um, flip over to the book of Leviticus. A very scary book. It's a book about... Um, being pure before God. There's all these sacrifices in the first portion. There's uh, these laws. And there's a scene where uh, a couple priests are just, they mess up and they don't worship God in the right way. And the whole book is all about like, how can we be clean in front of God? And, and then there's this wonderful part where God purifies things using the Day of Atonement. And in uh, chapter 23 we see where things are starting to come to a conclusion. The conclusion of God doing his work of purifying his people. God says, throw a party. And then he said, throw another party and another. Um, I won't read the whole chapter, but just read the, the uh, paragraph titles. Um, Feasts of the Lord, uh, the Sabbath, the Passover, the Feast of first fruits. The Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Booths. All of these are huge parties. And I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but all of these have the exact same purpose as the Sabbath, you know? It's specific events to remember who God is and what he's done to a bigger degree. Now, uh, the three big feasts here, uh, Passover, um, Day of Atonement, Feast of Booths, with these, you had to take vacation days. <laughs> like, the entire people of Israel picked up from their, from their land, their house, their work, traveled, all to remember specific things about what God's done at specific times of the year. Now, in the, in the theme of being fiercely uh, applicable, fiercely practical, um, we don't have to follow uh, feast days. Uh, the Hebrew calendar is hard enough to understand because it's like a lunar calendar and it's weird. Um, 
But we're Americans, and we can capitalize on our great uh, events, our statewide parties. Uh, We have Memorial Day coming up. It's a day where we uh, remember those who have passed, who've given us freedom. Use Memorial Day to remember who Christ is and what he has done. He has died so that we might be free. Christmas will be coming around the next corner where we, we are all about this advent of God coming down because we needed him. We were stuck in our sin and he came for us in the worst and hardest way possible. He became a man in a dirty place and ended up getting beat and killed. And that's what we remember. Easter will be coming around the other corner where we are explicitly remembering how Christ died and rose from the death, conquering death, killing death once and for all. Take your calendars out. Make that week leading up to these events something special. (laughs) The Bible, it even asks for pretty serious things. Like one of these parties, you even spent a third of your income on on food and alcohol. I'm not suggesting you do that. Um, And like being able to feed all your friends and family and those who are poorer. Like the entire country shook like, I've, I've always grown up with at least one family within, like, three or four houses of me that just blasted mariachi every Friday. And it's like, that's what I grew up with, and so it's like, it's, it's a comfort sound to me. But that sound of people celebrating should be the sound of Christians. Remembering who God is. Remembering what he's done. Turning your amp to 11 and shouting, who he is. Use these events. That is a one way that God set apart time to be his, to be special, to be something. And we usually use it as a chance to get or give gifts or uh, celebrate with family. These things are good. But we should set aside time to be God time on, on like the daily, on, on the weekly, and even looking at the whole calendar. But things get even bigger than that. Um, God is very serious about the things that he's done. Uh, who he is is very important to his people, and he does not want them to forget. He wants them to be refreshed every day, wants times where you could actually like sit down and put more time into it like on Sabbaths where you could just sit and think or meditate or journal or whatever to figure out who God is and what he's done. Even these bigger parties so that you could uh, be with people and, and celebrate together what God has done. But flip your pages, uh, one or two pages to Leviticus um, 25. The parties get bigger. Um, 
So, so there's the idea of a Sabbath, right? Where you work six days, and the seventh day is a day of remembering that God is a provider. You don't work that day because you believe God will provide. God takes that further. He takes it really far. Um, he calls for a Sabbath year. Um, so the people of Israel, they are supposed to, well, uh, chapter 25, verse 3, for six years you shall sow your fields, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits. But in the seventh year, there's a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. Um, you shall not prune your field, you shall not sow your field, you shall not reap what grows of itself in the harvest or, or gather what's in the land. And a lot of you are thinking, well, well how, do you, how do you survive? And, and he says uh, in the end here and, and, and again later on that he'll just provide. He'll make it so that that sixth year is abundant so that you have the next year to rest and take an entire year of instead of working and making sure that you're surviving, taking an entire year to remember who God is. God takes it even further. He, he declares that there should be this thing called the year of jubilee, a year of joy that's bigger and better. And this is what it says, verse 8. You shall count seven weeks of years, seven times seven years. So that the time of the seven weeks of years shall give you uh, 49 years. It's basic math. Then, <laughs> sorry, and then you shall sound a loud trumpet on the tenth day of the month. Tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall sound the trumpet throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you when each of you shall return his property and each of you shall return to his clan. That 50th year will be a year of jubilee for you. In it, you'll neither, weep, sorry, you'll neither sow nor reap. Uh, what grows or of itself, or gather the grapes from the undressed vines, um, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. Uh, you may eat the produce of the land. And a lot of things happens in this very special year. So just for clarity, um, every seventh day, you take a breather. You remember who God is. You don't work. Once a year, uh, or, or like you do these feasts, once every seven years, you take a year off to remember who God is. Once every set of 50 years, uh, so you're taking a Sabbath year on like the seventh year and the 14th year and the 21st year, da 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 da, da to the 49th year. And then in that 50th year, you're also taking a break. So for two years, you're not doing any work. And yet God says that he'll end up providing. He'll make sure that that year before is so abundant that he will 
give you that two and a half years of food that you will need, and you'll have leftovers. Some other big, big things happen in this event. If you have any debts, wiped clean. <laughs> Student loans, wiped clean. Perfect. If you were uh, in slavery or, or if you um, had bought a house in somebody else's territory, all of it was returned. It's a complete reset button where everyone gets a new start. If you're uh, working for somebody who's, who's wealthy and you're poor, he will give you a bunch of finances so that you could go back to your family house and start over a new man. Obviously, parts of this, it, it's like a civil law thing. Like, God did this for his specific people so that, you know, they will be holy. But the principles stand. The idea of once every 50 years is basically like once in a lifetime when you're an adult. You should take a ridiculous time to change your life, to reset, to get away from the world, to, to do something different so that you remember who God is and you remember what he's done. This is bold and it's crazy, but I think it would be worth it for any and every Christian to take... Um, a year to go on a serious mission trip. To take a summer, at least, to, to go with your family and experience God in a new way. To reset, to start things over again. Because really, in the daily, <laughs> we forget who God is. We are just very forgetful people, creatures, you know. Like, we're, we're just, we've got sin that, that we're always dealing with. We have these little things that just always take up our time. But those things make it so that we don't dedicate our lives to God in the right way. We don't give him our lives we just make him a part of our lives. So this idea of God time. All time is obviously God's. He has bought your sin. He has made you free. You owe everything to him. And honestly, I think every believer will say, yeah, that's good. My life is his. But we get stuck on the practical things. We get, we get stuck knowing how to make our life God's life and to make our time God's time. It's just hard. So God gave specific things. He set dates so that we wouldn't forget who he is and what he's done. You can't put this in your calendars right now. But talk with your family. Maybe uh, 2029, 2030 is the year 
that you and your family decide to go to Peru on a mission trip where uh, you spend uh, a couple years worth of vacation hours um, learning who God is, telling other people what he's done. And th- this might seem ridiculous. It really does. But it's also ridiculous to not work for years in a row because God said so <laughs> and he said he'll provide, so good luck. But that's, God, that's what God asked the Israelites for. Take the time. Mark your calendars. Do big trips. Turn your family vacations, instead of going to SeaWorld for a week, I don't know who would go to SeaWorld for a week, um, but get an Airbnb. Try doing Bible studies every day, a lot of the day, for a week. Dedicate chunks of time And so, you know, I've I've been uh, trying to be as practical as I can. Use that calendar. Um, But just in case, um, you aren't Christ's. Um, And I keep saying these things, remember who God is and remember what he's done. And you might be thinking, I don't know who God is and I don't know what he's done. Let me me just give you a, a brief gospel message. God is good, and he's loving. And he saw that we are captive to sin and death. We're rebels. We, we rebel all the time. We hate, and we steal, and we lust, and we just, we're just bad people, you know? But God saw us and loved us and sent his son down to die for our sin and to clean us, and to make us his. If that doesn't tell you who he is, then I don't know what will. He died for you, and he loves you. And he wants you to dedicate your life to him in very real ways. And so, love him back intentionally with your calendar.